whistleblower report exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report, and this is the Faith Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with this edition of the Faith Report with my guest, Dr. Russ Gonnering, who is formally an ophthalmologist, but his perspective on the role of faith, the role of the attack on faith, and the role of censorship pervading medicine, government, media, our churches, all of our institutions is really where we want to focus today, not just on the medical aspects, since we are both physicians, but as Christians, as people of faith who are very alarmed by the battle for our mind, our soul, and in fact, the battle between good and evil to control all of humanity, and in effect, redesign the cosmos, geoengineering, climate changes being engineered by the government and military, alteration of the genome of humans with these experimental gene therapy agents deceptively called vaccines, alteration of the genome of animals with pushing the mRNA shots into not only all of our food sources in livestock and poultry and other sources of food, but our domestic pets so that it's exposing all animal life through the veterinary market to disruption and attack on the design of life as God designed it the attack on the environment in mRNA ostensible, it's a deception, they're not vaccines, but the mRNA gene-altering product being sprayed on vegetable crops like spinach and others. I mean, literally, this is an assault of the evil design of attack on God's gift of life that is, a, that is coming at us from all directions, spraying toxic chemicals into the atmosphere. Many people across the country and around the world are reporting on the checkerboard pattern of chemtrails in the sky that are long lasting and discolored. They're not even, they're not the contrails 
of a jet at high altitude and water vapor, those disappear quickly. They are white. They are following a trajectory of a flight path. These chemtrails are entirely different. And you can see the cloud patterns changing after the sky has been sprayed. It is truly alarming. And the censorship, which led Dr. Gonnering and I, as two physicians, to be talking about the fact that medical information is not getting out to the public because there is a rigid control through many of our medical institutions, our medical schools, our professional societies. I mean, all you have to do is look at the AMA, the Christian Medical Society, the Catholic Medical Society, the specialty boards that are censoring information and, and decertifying physicians because they speak truth against the government lies. All the way around, we are under assault in a cataclysmic battle for our mind, our soul, and control of life between the forces of good and evil. It is that simple. And today we want to connect the dots. You cannot ignore them any longer. The dots are all there to be connected. Pretending they don't exist may cost you and your family your life as it just did in Israel with the slaughter of innocent Israeli women, children, babies, and the elderly in the Islamic terrorist attack on Israel. On their Sabbath, clearly a satanic betrayal of God's day of the Sabbath for the Jewish people. So Dr. Gonnering, thank you so much for joining us today. And, you know, it's important for us as physicians concerned about the health of the body, mind, and soul of the patients we serve to really talk candidly and truthfully about all of this and how you connect the dots. You've been a student of complexity theory and complexity science for quite some time. Your Substack regularly addresses these ideas to help people understand. So let's talk about all of this in a way to connect the dots for the people listening and help them share the information to wake up people in their community. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Well, thank you, Dr. Leet. I am honored to be a guest. Uh, I think you really summed it up perfectly when you talked about connecting the dots. And um, from my perspective, understanding complexity science really has helped me in that task. Complexity science tends to look at the whole being more than the sum of the parts. You know, in one respect, being physicians, we've been trained in the scientific method. And the scientific method or the reductionist method tends to look at a problem and try to split it into manageable chunks, optimize those chunks and put it back together. And that works very well when we're dealing with merely complicated problems. But when we're dealing with complex problems and certainly the cosmic battle that we are now a part of as believers, we know that there has been a, a force of evil that has been battling God's will 
uh, for as long as the 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 angels have been in existence, and um, and we're we're now really part of that. And for us to try and split things off of that big cosmic battle, we we tend to be at a disadvantage. Let, let's for let's for instance let's let's say that this was just a ordinary type of a battle. Uh, one of the methods that strategic forces would use is to attack the command and control centers of the enemy. Now, what are the command and control centers of science, of medicine, of, of even our society in general? Certainly media, um, the thought leaders of a nation, the thought leaders of a, of a profession are the ones that are going to be more susceptible and the first targets. And we, we, we began to see that three years ago with the onset of COVID. Even, even before COVID hit, in August of 2019, there was a seminal article by Baffey and Associates talking about the changing scholarship uh, in, in the new um, milieu that we found ourselves in. And, and they, they warned us against concentrating, the, concentrating in a few people the ability to control information. This was even before COVID happened. And I think a lot of people missed that article. It was in the American Journal of Medicine. Uh, and um, it, in it, they postulated the horrendous problems that would occur when scientific publishing, in particular, medical publishing, uh, was concentrated in the hands of people who are more concerned with perhaps ideology or stakeholders that have nothing to do with, with truth or science or society, they have to has to deal with money, and um, we we started to see that certainly with 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 the inability for people to publish articles that refuted the party line of the CDC and the NIH. You know, we we couldn't see Dr. Zelenko had had these um, horrific results in early treatment of COVID, but he was he was shout, shouted down. And he was shouted down utilizing a seemingly scientific argument of, well, this wasn't a uh, a randomized clinical study. We, Dr. Fauci was um, all over the airwaves talking about we can't believe we can't believe good results, even though people are saved because it wasn't proven in a way that that was, quote, scientific. Well, what, what could be more stupid than that? And yet and yet. People fell for this, you know. Physicians fell for it. We had been we had been conditioned with twenty years of uh, continuous quality improvement. I had been involved. I was a quality um, chief quality officer at a large hospital where we were we were definitely enamored with these types of of studies that would show scientifically uh, how to go about delivering the best quality of care. So it was an easy jump. You know, the pump was primed by things that happened 20 years ago. I, I know, Leah, you have, you mentioned uh, Obamacare and, and things that had come into existence many, many years before were setting the stage. And uh, maybe now would be the time for you to explain a little bit about what you saw 20 years ago when this began 
and your experience that you had in trying to ring the fire bell and not having people understand it. Well, you're exactly right, because I spent the full eight years of Obama's administration trying to expose the evils of government-controlled medical care. And you, you know as well as I do that every totalitarian government in the modern era, going back to the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia in 1917, every single totalitarian form of government, the Bolsheviks, um, Stalin after that, the Soviet control, um, Red China, Nazi Germany, North Korea, Cuba, all of them, the first step is government control of medical services. Because if you can't get medical services because of the government control and rationing or deciding you don't comply with the political ideology, so therefore you're not going to get to see a doctor, all of that controls your life. And the second step is always controlling the food supply. And we know about massive starvation imposed by dictators, and we're seeing it happen with the dictatorial government in America right now, sabotaging the food supply, sabotaging food processing plants, um, banning certain kinds of food, plan to ban meat and dairy products by 2030 in cities across America. It's all very chilling. But Obamacare was a takeover of the medical care system and insurance coverage by the federal government. Now, in 2010, those proposals pretended to keep some element of private control because people could still have, quote, insurance, health care insurance, which was a misnomer in itself because the government directed everything about what the insurance had to cover and eliminated all of the risk criteria. So it wasn't true insurance. It was government-controlled prepaid health care that the government decided what you got based upon what the criteria were. And that was done because Hillary Care and that proposal in 1993 failed because the insurance agencies went public with their opposition to Hillary Care because they didn't have a stake at the, they didn't have a share in the revenue and a place at the table. And so when the Democrats planned Obamacare, they brought the insurance carriers in and basically the government paid them off to participate. But that was the beginning of the rationing of medical care for the elderly under Ezekiel Emanuel's complete live system. And fast forward to 2020 in the COVID pandemic, Ezekiel Emanuel was still in the background advising the Biden administration on COVID policies. He was the architect of Obamacare. He was Obama's chief White House health policy advisor, and his complete live system of rationing medical care for those over 50 or under age 15 
became the model for the COVID death protocol that led to the deaths in our hospitals of so many elderly and disabled people and those with medical conditions like obesity and, and other chronic diseases where they were just simply denied proper treatment. They were denied, and we were very involved in, in the rationing of medical care, the withholding of medical care and trying to rescue people from the hospital when they were trapped with no advocate and no food, no fluids, no antibiotics, no antivirals, just the death protocol of remdesivir, remdesivir and ventilators. And the hospitals were paid a bounty by the government to implement those, what we came to call is the COVID death protocols, and they were hospital homicides. So healthcare is where the control has always begun. And that is no surprise that they immediately censored all forms of successful treatment of COVID and they terrorized the population through the battle for the mind and soul of people. They terrorized people with the campaign of fear. So it goes right to your point about using medicine and Fauci's lies are notorious. I mean, the idea has never been put forward in medicine that we should ignore the clinical outcomes. Clinical outcome studies are just as valid a method of research as a randomized placebo-controlled clinical trial. So absolutely, and and you know it 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 even it even is more insidious than that. Um, when we when we when we take a look at at what happened under COVID, I think though, um, I, you know, it, rather than 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 dwelling on the clinical studies with what what Fauci did that was even more egregious, I think, is the fact that the doctrine of informed consent completely went out the window. You know, for fifty years. As a as a surgeon, I had operated under, and I'm sure you as an as an internist as well, had operated under the obligation of informed consent, meaning that you would tell your patients the risks, benefits, and alternatives of your proposed oh, course of action. And then let the patient make up their mind. Now absolutely. I, so countless numbers of surgeons uh had been sued successfully for lack of delivering informed consent. Maybe they even delivered informed consent, but they didn't document it. Well, here in the, under this situation, this was completely turned on its head because informed consent was criminalized. If you informed your patient the the, the risks, benefits, and alternatives of non-treatment of COVID or the risks, benefits, and alternatives of the jab, you you were liable to lose your license. And in some some countries around the world, such as Australia, you could be thrown in jail. And and th this is the the thing that I don't think people quite understand that our complete underpinnings, the complete underpinnings that we have of the doctor patient relationship, were destroyed under COVID on on two fronts that you that you that you that you mentioned, and, and you know the, the the this wouldn't have been possible without laying patiently laying the groundwork, even if it was. Even if it was unconscious, there—I I don't know, Lee, if you remember the television series 
uh, called Connections with James Burke back in the 1980s. Does that maybe you were too I, young? I don't, then. but go ahead. <laughs> Uh, this was a television show that that really kind of energized me as a as a medical student, um, where James Burke would take a look at something that's was present in the modern world, you know, like uh, nuclear weapons was one of them. And he would go back and he would trace the development of something that is is very, very well um, developed in the modern world to its very, very early beginnings and how small little changes that took place a thousand years ago or more actually set the, the progression of steps that we would take from one thing to another, to another, to another. Now, this was, this was also amplified by another person. I'm sure you'll remember this name, Cass Sunstein under the Obama administration. Um, I believe he was he was the husband of uh, I can't remember her name. Um, it was uh, it, she was a a political aide uh, that that Obama was was very much um, um, taken to to take her advice from. Any, anyway, Cass Sunstein wrote a book called Nudge, where his way of getting a society to do something that you want them to do was not by in, introducing some large scale radical change, but just tiny little movements, a little bit here, a little bit there, nudging the people to go the way you want them to go. Yes, and, I do and, remember that. And that that is exactly what they've done is just move it. And, and it ties in with Glenn Beck's book, The Overton Window. You just keep moving the goalpost more and more to the left subtly so that people don't see what you're doing. Yes. Samantha Power was my wife just happened to 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 let me know that that was that's Cass Sunstein's wife. And she also has been had been in the news with our our political foreign policy debacles under under Obama. Um but you know this 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 started i guess my the, the point that i that i that i come back to is that this started small it started it started innocuously it started even with perhaps the best of intentions or else if we really do believe in satan and i know you and i both do um it started with satan deceiving people into thinking that they were doing something good you know, Satan told, asked Eve, did God really say this? You know, well, I think God is, or Satan has been saying the same thing to some of the individuals in our profession, uh, definitely. Is is this really wrong to want to do this? And so people, people fell prey to that. And I think a lot of the individuals in our medical organization did what the Protestant ministers did in Germ Germany and Austria in the 1930s, outlined by um, by the, by the the Eric Metaxas book, uh, letter to the to the American Church, in in which he outlines the the scenario where in Germany and Austria at the time there were 18,000 Protestant ministers, um, 6,000 of which were. Uh, opposed violently to Hitler, 6,000 who were amazingly um, um, for Hitler, 
But the vast majority, the 12,000, uh, I guess it was 3,000, 3,000 opposed, 3,000 um, for Hitler, but 12,000 were on the fence. And they didn't want to alienate their congregation by getting into something controversial. Now, you know, yeah. that brings up that brings up something important that I was just reading about in, in Revelation with Jesus letters to the seven churches. Mm. And one of the churches was condemned by Jesus in Revelation for exactly that point. If you're lukewarm, Luke. Laodicea. Thank you. Thank you. I was blanking on the name of which of the seven churches it was. I'm, yeah. I'm a better physician than I am a biblical scholar, but, but it you know, was you know, powerfully I that, important. That, that is an amazing, ama I, I had missed that connection as, you know, until you mentioned it. But that is exactly applicable to what we're seeing and what I, I know I personally, and I'm sure you have, seen when we have tried with truth for health to to communicate the the resources that we have to various congregations uh to to various medical organizations christian medical organizations and they are lukewarm oh and, uh, actually and you know really um dr Gunnering, it's it's worse than that because what we both have encountered, I mean, we literally offered to bring our early home treatment telemedicine services into churches, bypass the government control, work with the pastors and the congregations to help save lives. God's gift of life. And do you know, I had pastors say to me, well, that's too political. We mm. shouldn't get into COVID. And I'm thinking, you are God's pastor leading your flock and you're not willing to let us help you save lives? I mean, I treated all my COVID patients with the combination early treatment, got it going quickly, often got oxygen concentrators to them early to prevent the O2 sats dropping so much. I didn't have anybody go in the hospital. I didn't have anybody die. It all was treatable. And pastors are telling me that I was just beside myself. They See, the, the only answer way to, explain to the that, government. You know, like the lead, the only way to explain this is a force of evil. Yes. Entering into the, these people's minds and using that small little wedge that Satan is so adept at doing to make them hesitate. Perhaps they 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 want to do the right thing. They, they I mean they're not monsters. Many of some of them are, but most of them are not monsters. Just like those twelve thousand uh, Protestant pastors weren't monsters, but they were they were nudgeable. <laughs> they were nudgeable by the wrong information by the or wrong controllable story. controllable. Yeah. yeah. Um, they didn't want to rock the boat. Right. They, they just wanted warm. to preach the gospel, preach Jesus. Well, preach how can you Jesus. preach the gospel if you're not willing to stand for the principles of the I, gospel? I understand. I, you know, it makes sense to us, but we're 
you know, we're the resistance. We're the the these conspiracy theorists, you know. But, no, uh, we are the conspiracy fact. Well, checkers. but but to to the outside world, you know, we, we we're easily denounced by this term conspiracy theory, even though it's certainly it's not true. I don't think we're conspiracy theorists at all. I think well, that's the, the, another one of another one of Satan's lies. Right. So on that, let's take a break and then we'll come back in the second half and talk about Satan's tactics. Lucifer, Satan, the evil one, whatever name, the force of darkness, whatever name you wish to give this entity working against God in the spiritual realm, the principalities and powers of the spiritual realm. It is real. It is operative. It is rampant. And we'll talk more about that in the second half. This is Dr. Lee for America. And if you want truth on medical approaches that can help save your life, improve your health and resilience, go to truthforhealth.org, download our treatment guides, our medical fact sheets, go to the truthforhealthstore.com and Look at the high-quality professional formulas of nutraceuticals manufactured in a plant compliant with good manufacturing practices and subject to regulatory approval. Some of the highest quality ones you can find anywhere, only sold through licensed professionals. And we are bringing that to you in support of the public charity's mission to save lives and improve your health and resilience. We'll be right back after the break. This message is from the Truth For Health Foundation. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Sigloff, a family medicine physician and a major in the U.S. Army. The following are only my opinions. Service members are being coerced to participate in medical experimentation, with over 7,500 service members being discharged for refusing to participate, many of them losing their retirement and medical benefits. There are allegations that the DOD is committing medical fraud, violating the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and violating constitutional rights of service members. Strong men and women stand ready to defend so that you can sleep peacefully through the night. Now we must stand watch over the military so they can sleep peacefully through the night. Please get involved to help protect the military. This message brought to you by the Truth For Health Foundation. For more information, please visit truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report, Faith Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with Dr. Russ Gonnering, ophthalmologist and professor of ophthalmology and devout Christian pointing out the battle for our mind, our soul, and in fact, all life on our planet. We were talking before the break about how people are deceived. And I really do want to emphasize Dr. Gonnering's suggestion to read Eric Metaxas' book, published in 2022 at a very important time as a warning, is his letter to the American church. And he is drawing the parallel, as Dr. Gonnering mentioned, about what took place in Nazi Germany when the minister's did not stand against the evil of the Nazi regime 
taking control and killing people. That is what we are seeing today. Our government in the COVID death protocol and the COVID policies has led to the deaths of over a million Americans. And the church in America, Protestant, Catholic, Jewish synagogues are not standing firm against this evil assault on life. And that is what Metaxas' book discusses so eloquently. And now we'd like to talk a little bit about some of the tactics that Satan uses to deceive us and nudge us away from following God's laws. And Dr. Gonnering, tell us about the example that you were sharing with me before we started. Well, you know, we, we tend to think that um, Satan and, and his powers and principalities have this vast playbook um, of, of uh, tactics to use against us. Whereas in reality, I believe that his playbook is quite limited. And I'll tell you the reason why. I used to be a competitive fencer. And um, I would fence against uh, high caliber national nationally ranked fencers. And one person in particular, a friend of mine who was a former state champion here in Wisconsin, was a much better fencer than I was. Uh, but I could always score at least two touches against him with one simple move that I had perfected, at least in, 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 in our bouts against each other. He, he could not defend against this move, even though he knew it was coming. And it would it was he it would frustrate him and it would please me to no end when when we would would have these 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 bouts. Well, I, I think Satan has one particular move that he has done gotten down pat and it works so well against us. And that is convincing us that what is actually good is evil and what is evil is good. And, you know, we were warned against this. We were warned against this uh, in the Old Testament, in Isaiah, when <clears throat> Isaiah was talking about a time would come when good would be called evil and evil would be called good. Uh, Paul uh, warned us uh, that our fight was not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities who have this ability, this uncanny ability to sow doubt and confusion in the mind of people. As 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 Dr. Vliet had mentioned in Eric Metaxas' book, uh, these twelve thousand Protestant ministers thought that they were doing good in not opposing Hitler, because they thought that if they would oppose Hitler, they would quote turn off their audience, and were really what they wanted to do was just preach the love of Jesus and grace, and everything else would be okay. And Satan was just fine with that, because. It, 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 they played right into his hand. And, you know, in, in what we're seeing today with, with uh, uh, in, in the medical profession, certainly in the, the, the Christian medical professions, uh, many people saying, well, I, we don't want to get into this controversial thing of, of treatment and COVID. But funny, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's only against COVID. The same organizations have no problem being adamantly opposed to abortion. But in COVID, they didn't like the controversy, which never made sense to me. But but they thought, no, let's just let's just leave that uh, in the back burner, and um, and and let's just preach love and and the grace of Jesus Christ. 
And the consequence is what Dr. Vliet had mentioned with many, many thousands of people not getting the resources that could have saved their earthly life and how much discord this has sown throughout society. It has destroyed, has completely destroyed trust in the medical profession. Uh, it's destroyed trust in science. And now, you know, when we see that that medical education has fallen sway to this, I, I think it's kind of sown distrust in medical education. And, and all of this is due to this tactic of Satan being able to confuse humans thinking that they are doing good when they are in fact doing evil. And, and this discernment, discerning good from evil, you know, this is this is one of the gifts of the spirit. And I think we need to pray that our colleagues and patients and even people who aren't Christian, but are potentially Christian, are, are given the gifts of discernment to see truth from falsehood. And and that that to me is it boils down to the to the to the the, the true the, the true tactic on our side that will be successful against all of these because they are all connected. You know, they the I have a book that I've been working on and off called It's the Arrows, Not the Boxes. And going back to this this uh, this connections uh, television show. We really need to see how things are held together rather than just an all-out frontal assault against the things themselves. And if we if we can manage those connections, we will be much more successful in managing the elements that they connect. And I I, I wish I knew the answer. Uh, maybe, maybe Dr. Vliet has an answer that she can give to all of us. But but we but we need to we need to ask humbly for discernment in fighting these this 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 a tactic on the part of satan we we see it now in what's going on in in israel you know good people are questioning whether or not israel is to blame for the monstrous action of these barbarous and depraved individuals in their attack on october 7th you know, they've got this seed of doubt in the back of their mind. Well, you know, the poor Palestinians deserve land too. Well, you know, it, it wasn't the Palestinians who killed these people. It was Hamas. It was the, the monsters among them that did. And we can't lose sight of the fact. And, you know, these same people, I, I, I wonder, you know, we, we fought a war, World War II, against Hitler. And how many hundreds of thousands of innocent Germans and Austrians were killed in the Allied bombings? Well, do these same people who think that Israel now should immediately stop in their war for survival because, because of the civilian casualties, would they still have said, well, we can't really fight Hitler because look at all these innocent people who have died? It's a tragedy, but it's part of Satan's plan. You know, it's part of Satan's plan. And, and the, the sowing of the doubt to destroy Hamas is part of that same tactic that he always uses. I don't know. Well, I, I, I think you're exactly right. And it also is carried out in the cognitive war. And Ed, Ed Huglin, who is a retired senior intelligence um, career with 40 years experience as a military veteran and working in the intelligence community, 
has written an outstanding book called The Cognitive War, how, why we are losing and how we can win. And he talks very much about exactly the way, now he's presenting it from the psychological and propaganda strategy of asymmetric warfare. You and I are talking in terms of the battle between the spiritual powers of good and evil and Satan's deception. But Satan's deception is carried out in this world with the known tactics of asymmetric warfare, psychological manipulation, inducing fear to paralyze people so that they don't analyze things very well. Let's face it, when you're terrified for your life, you're not necessarily making good decisions. And the the point that Ed was making is tied into what you and I are saying from the faith perspective, that we can win a kinetic war, the Gulf War, for example, we won the kinetic war, but we did not win the cognitive war. And we have not won the cognitive war since World War II. In World War II, we were effective at mobilizing people to accept the cost of war because the greater good of all was served by defeating the evil of the Nazi regime. That was the cognitive war. And that was handled well, the public around the world. I mean, look at Britain, look at at the French resistance, look at the Polish resistance, look at the way that America mobilized. They were mobilized because the cognitive war, which we would also say is a spiritual war, acknowledging good versus evil. Now, evil is denied, even by our church leaders. They don't want to talk about evil. They don't want to talk about the reality of the entity of Lucifer. And all you've got to do is look around you and you see Lucifer's reality played out in the crime and destruction and the barbaric acts. You just got to open your eyes. But it's the cognitive war used by our government and by our medical professionals and our public health professionals and our schools and our colleges and our churches and our um, legal institutions reframing it and saying, like, for example, on the Arizona border, we now have weapons on the Arizona border that were sent to Ukraine. These are RPG-7, state-of-the-art, rocket-propelled grenades in the hands of the cartels. We have AT-4s, all documented by retired military living near the border in photographic evidence, in the hands of the cartels. All of those weapons are in the hands of those who seek to destroy America. And our law enforcement would be vaporized. The heaviest duty SWAT armored vehicles that we have for law enforcement would be vaporized by those weapons, according to our military experts. And that is the evil we face. And yet there are people 
in Arizona putting up water stations with flags for people to find their way across the desert to facilitate the incoming terrorists who seek to destroy us. That's the reality here in Arizona. So it goes to your point, good people are deceived, thinking they're doing good when what, in fact, they're facilitating evil. And you know I have not been silent calling out our medical colleagues who were knowingly killing people in the hospital by denying them fluids, nutrition, antibiotics, diabetes meds, and forcing them onto the toxic remdesivir that we knew 10 years ago was toxic and caused over 50% death rate. Leah, that, that brings up an, a very, very interesting point. Um, you know, th- there there have been a number of articles dealing with the uh, penetration of the thoughts of the Nazi party in physicians in Germany and Austria in World War II. Mm-hmm. The, the medical profession joined the Nazi party in the largest numbers of any other profession. And now, I did not remember that. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, it it it's um, it, it's 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 very troubling, because uh, what is it? What what is it about our profession that allowed that to happen then? But moreover, allows what happened with remdesivir and COVID now, when we should have learned from this. There's there must be there's something there's some factor in medical education or in the the thought processes that we've developed in physicians in the last 150 years that allows them to be so deceived. Uh, and 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 we, we need to understand this because because if we don't understand why, we'll never be able to 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 dissolve it. We'll never be able to to uh, to to remediate it. And well, in, I think the there world. may be many factors and that may be the subject for another program. Um, because it it is true, and I think part of it is that people go lockstep through college, very focused in a very competitive environment. At least it used to be competitive to get in medical school. I'm not sure it's as competitive now as it was when you and I were entering. But there is competition with others. There is the focus on science. There is the focus that science has all the answers. And it's a it's a, a mindset moving away from the focus on faith as the basis for who we are as human beings. We are first and foremost a spiritual being in a physical body, but that's not what medicine teaches. So Very I think... True. Fundamentally, that's part of it. And then the very people who go, who are so competitive and so driven to focus on the grades and the science are the ones that get selected for medicine. Now, it's interesting. Our medical school was different because they had a focus on the human dimensions in medical education and a goal of teaching and training compassionate physicians, as well as competent physicians. And they had a, an agenda in the early years. They no longer do. In fact, my medical school is the one that fired Dr. Paul Merrick for saving lives. I was furious. Oh, my goodness. 
Eastern Virginia Medical School, I, I, I canceled my bequest in my will because anyone, it, any administration in a medical school that fired a professor who had the best success at saving lives of anyone treating COVID, they're not getting my hard-earned dollars. But Eastern Virginia Medical School started from the principle of bringing in students who had been out of college several years in other professions, having more life experience, and then going into medicine with the idea that they would be better physicians. And their theory was actually borne out in follow-up studies. And those of us who were older, who'd had other careers going into medicine, actually did excelled on the clinical rotations because we had more life experience, more people experience than the ones straight through college, immersed in science and competition. And that they moved away from those higher goals in medicine to become just like all the others. So, so I see that there's actually a lot in the training of physicians that moves them towards being um, in lockstep with authority. I, that's very true. How do, and that's how do we what fix we it? saw in COVID. Well, how do we I don't, fix it? I don't know that we are going to be the ones to be able to fix it because the institution of big medicine has become such a business and so tied to the federal government, big government control financially that I don't see change coming through our traditional medical education process, medical schools. They're all too tied to federal control through the pocketbook. Say Big Pharma and Big Pharma influences big government and all the politicians and NIH and all of that. And Big Pharma provides many research grants to medical schools. So I see all of that as so connected that I don't know that we can unravel it. But the, those who have the power are actually the only ones left with the power are we the people as patients. We can choose to contract independently and privately with physicians who are independent of insurance contracts. Physicians who sign insurance contracts answer to the insurance contract first, not the patient. That's tragic. That's tragic that we've seen that change. You know, I, I mentor medical students um, as part of what I'm doing now. Uh, and I can't, I've come across two graduates of Hillsdale College who were incredibly bright, mature, um, moral uh, medical students of profound integrity. And, and it seemed to me that if we could somehow amplify upon the qualities of, of that that I believe are lacking in 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 medical schools right now of of critical critical thinking uh, courage integrity and moral reasoning if we could if we could start earlier if we could identify and, and have an institutional backer such as Hillsdale that has both a vertical and a horizontal reach to to reach into the secondary schools of people who are interested in 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 healthcare uh, professions uh, 
across the board. You know, the nurses have done a much better job than physicians have in dealing with this problem with COVID. And, oh, I I definitely agree with you on that. And and if we could if we could foster the development of true communities of practice between physicians, dentists, pharmacists, uh, nursing uh, professionals, and healthcare policy analysts that would start early on in their career, where they could they could interact with each other the way a true Wenger community of practice operates. And carry that forward uh, in their in their practice lives. We, we may be able to make a difference. It would take twenty years to do it, but you know the Chinese have a proverb that the best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago. The second best time is today. And um, <laughs> and if we you know if we can somehow energize uh, a supporting institution to engage in this noble cause of 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 fostering discernment on the part of our healthcare professionals of the future, that, that may be an answer. They, that may be at least one possibility. Well, I, I think that's, that's critically important. And, and yet right at the moment, the action steps that people can take are look for doctors who are independent, who answer to patients first, and look at all of the resources we're creating to help you improve your health and resilience in ways that you control so that you don't become so dependent on the organized medical system that's actually working in many ways to keep you sicker. Right. It's a, it's a more disease. More medications. Yeah, it's a we disease. We treat diseases oh. instead, of, instead of promoting health. And we, our whole emphasis at Truth for Health Foundation is, is building your basis of health in mind, body, and spirit. They are all connected. And that is based on action steps that each of us take, just as our call to action for people to stand against evil. I mean, we are facing immediate threats of destruction on the order of magnitude far greater than people realize. Ed, Ed Hoagland talked about the fact that we have a million and a half gotaways illegals. That means no one knows who came across the border, where they went, or where they are now. A million and a half people who got away from being identified after crossing the border and are dispersed across the country, that's an average of a force of 30,000 people, mostly military-age male, for every one of the 50 states. Now, you start thinking about it, all you listeners out there, you can't play ostrich to the fact that an open border is going to have consequences in your community. You can't just close your eyes. Crime is rising. Homeless camps are everywhere, not just in the border states. And these people are dispersing into cities across America, and they are here. So right at the moment, the battle for our lives, our land, our resources is heating up, and it is first and foremost a spiritual battle between the forces of good and evil. Will we see tyranny versus freedom? Will we see subjugation 
versus individual liberty? Are we going to see power and control versus individual choice in living our lives? It is good versus evil, which is where we started this program today. So for all of you listening, read Eric Metaxas' book, Letter to the American Church. If you're in a church that's lukewarm and you are concerned about that, get yourself out of that church and find one that has the fire and passion to stand against evil. Start one in your home among your friends and your neighbors. And read Ed, Ed Hoagland's book, The Cognitive War, How We Are Losing and How We Can Win, or Why We Are Losing and How We Can Win. These are all on Amazon. They are very valuable resources and will guide you to action steps. And then go to our website and look at our emergency preparedness seminars to help you plan to protect your life, your health, your family, and your freedom. Dr. Gonnering, thank you for joining us today on the Faith Report. We'll have you back because this is an ongoing topic of how we can preserve God's gift of life and freedom and our constitutional republic. So God bless you for all you're doing, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much, Dr. Vliet. It's been my pleasure. Well, I'm honored to have you. Go to Truth FOR Health, everyone. Donate if you can to support our work and our legal defense grants and all of our public outreach and educational resources. And sign up for our email alerts and newsletters. Join our crusade. We are silent no more.